One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. I'm so in love with the Lord. I I wait for the next thing he's going to speak to me about. I can't wait to wake up and go into prayer because I know there's another, there's another strategy. There's another building block. There's another impartation. There's another ability that I didn't have yesterday. Amen. Does anybody live their life based on spiritual impartation? To set your mind in revelation, knowing that you need the impartation to actually conquer the impossible thing. You see, if you don't, you're subtly deceived into a religious mindset. Oh yeah, I just I go to church on Sunday. I go through I go through the motions. I go through the routines. But I have all these impossible things in my life that never get conquered. But yet I'm holy and righteous. Come on, I'm sorry. Am I meddling already? I believe in the dream of God. I believe that He speaks. His vision is the most powerful thing there is. And if you don't understand that, just go back to Genesis 1. The whole book starts. He sought out the darkness. He hunted the dark thing. He looked at it and spoke into it. And the darkness could not stop what came out of His mouth. I just simplified the gospel for you. And you can just lay that book aside and say, what are you saying, Lord? What are you saying? What are you doing? Because I need to hear your voice. I need to know what dark thing you're going to speak into. You know what I do when I wake up? Lord, where's the dark thing you want to speak into today? Where are you sending me to? I believe so profoundly in the dream and vision of God. I mean, the Lord came to me in a dream. Um, A man from India will call you. Go. Seven days later. A man from India, I had no idea. I knew nobody from India. Seven days later, David, I saw you on YouTube. You coming to India? <laughs> I guess I am. You see, because he's, he, he developed me, he prepped me, yes. that an impossible thing was going to happen. And five years of, of preaching in, in, in dead cities and streets where the Hindu religion, it's 98% Hindu. But I saw 150,000 people get baptized in the Holy Ghost because I answered a dream. Amen? And does anybody live like that? Come on, guys. I mean, he wakes me up. David, go go two hours north to a church called Calvary. Walk in and tell the pastor there's a girl going to be sitting on the front row. She's going to have a blue dress on. She's going to have pigtails. And this is what the Lord wants to do to her. He wants to baptize her in the Holy Ghost. That's a true story, too. Um, Come on. Amen? And you say, well, that's not normal. Well, it's normal in my life. That's normal Christianity. Amen? And the Lord wants to, he, he literally wants to awaken a bride to be so lovesick for him that you actually think like him. Looking for impossible things. Looking for the dead thing to speak into. Amen? <laughs> so... <laughs> So here's the deal, guys. Bobby called me three, three months ago or so, and we end up talking. 
you know, we, we, we talk and um, we end up, yeah, let's, let's come in February, right? We come in February and in the midst of this, the Lord, the Lord wakes me up one night and he says, uh, I spoke to you about Ontario already. And he took me back into my notes. I, I, every dream and vision that I have from the Lord, I have, I have a book that's probably that thick of typed, typed out visions and dreams that the Lord gave me. And I went back and I found this, this, uh, uh, this dream in 2020 about Ontario. Okay? And I believe what we're going to talk about tonight is the understanding and the awakening of a warrior bride that has a lovesick heart so desperate for the Lord that you match the one who's coming to get you. Amen? An absolute lovesick bride that doesn't fear the impossible. They have a mindset that is like, come on, baby, what are you speaking to me about today? That appears impossible, but when you speak, the impossible gets raised up. The dead thing gets raised up. Amen? And so some of this is going to be a little, a little let's just call it touchy. <laughs> Edgy, okay? Because Jesus the surgeon wants to cut out all the unbelief that hinders you from following the Holy Spirit. So no matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord, there's always a deeper place. There's always a new dimension. There's always a place and an ability that he wants to impart to you that only comes when when there's heart-to-heart relationship, but a mindset that is actually set on needing and desperately I'm relying on the, the voice of God to speak into the darkness. Yes. Amen? Amen? So this, this dream is going to speak into some dark things, but it's designed to cut, cut them out so that the heart is fully given. Amen? Amen. And you may say, well, I've been a Christian for 30 years. And I'll, and I'll say, well, tell me about the dead men you raised. Tell me about all the people you got healed. Tell me about all the people you got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Tell me about everybody you work around and how they wept as the word of the Lord came off of your tongue. Okay? And so you may say, well, that's, that's kind of way up there. Well, wait a minute. Doesn't Jesus come back for a bride that is completely washed? There is no stain, no wrinkle, no inability, right? Nothing that the world has marked them because the Lord has clothed them. Isn't that what, isn't that what the book of Acts is about? Amen? Luke, Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, stay in this city. Don't leave it. Don't try to do it until I clothe you in the Holy Spirit. So say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost clothe, me clothe me in the power, in the power that, you that you desire to give the bride of Jesus. Come on, make me your warrior bride. Give me a lovesick heart that fears God and not the world. Come on, Holy Ghost. Remove my blemishes. Remove my wrinkles. Move everything in my house. All the bats. All the snakes. All the boxes. All the dead things. Move them out of my house. And take full ownership of my heart. Amen. Watch out. You just gave the potter some commands. So here's the dream. The dream starts with me looking out over a large body of water. As I look around, I realize I'm on a huge fishing boat. My son Cole is beside me. I'm assessing the boat in all directions, 
because I don't know where I am or how I even got to this place. I then become aware of a dove sitting on my shoulder. I place my hand under the dove. The dove jumps onto my hand. I turn toward the water as I'm standing on the edge of the boat, looking out into the horizon. I thrust the dove up into the air, and the, and the dove begins to fly out across the water. I shut my eyes for a few seconds, and all of a sudden, when I open them again, I see the dove returning. And when the dove returns, it's carrying a gold key in its beak. I put my hand out, and when the dove lands in my hand, he drops the key in my hand, and I look at the key, and there's two things about the key. First off, uh, the key reads uh, the word Ontario. <laughs> Second, the key, it's a, it's a skeleton key, and the, and the ring on the back of it has fishing line tied to it. And when the key falls into my hand, it's like electric. The, the key starts to shake in my hand. I'm holding onto it. And the fishing line starts to, like, it, like the fishing line knows that there's a bite on the end of the line. And the fishing line starts to pull me. And I'm, I start like, ah, my, and I'm like, Cole, strap me in. And I'm, I'm, I jump onto the boat or I jump onto the chair in the boat. And I'm holding onto this key so tightly that um, as I'm strapped in, it's like the boat turns in the direction that the fishing line is, is pulling it. And so the fishing boat starts going into the direction of where it's being pulled. The key, a symbol of authority, is being drawn to a place where people are, have been fishing for something. Amen. They've been fishing for something they don't have. And they're looking for an authority in a province called Ontario. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> As I have. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this. I, I just want to tell you, I love, I love to receive his dream and vision, but I love to impregnate the people that it's for. He's impregnating people here tonight. I can't see straight. <laughs> the boat gets pulled and pulled and pulled as I'm holding on to this key and Cole's holding on to me. Amen. I'm, and I'm, and, I'm, and the, the strength of what's pulling me is so strong that the boat starts going um, fast in this direction, okay? And the boat comes on the land. It, it, it comes up onto the land. And this is where it really gets cool. Cole and I jumped down off the boat because we hit land and we're still holding on to the key and I'm being pulled. But it's like I'm looking back at the boat and all of a sudden the boat, the front of the boat, it's like a fishing boat. You know, like those, that crabber, uh, those guys that do the crabbing. It's like one of these big fishing boats, okay? And so the front of the boat opens up and this is what I see um, inside the boat, okay? Okay. <laughs> On the right side of the cargo hold was gifts, wrapped presents. On the left side of the, of the cargo hold was the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, okay? The Ark started to shake like an earthquake. The lid suddenly started to be moved like it was being moved from the inside. And I saw this hand on the inside reach out of, of the Ark and start to move the lid out of the way, okay? 
When the, when the hand moves the lid out of the way, Jesus steps out of the ark, okay? And he was holding two things, double. He was holding two things. He had the same, both of these things had the same scripture written on them. First, there was a sword that had the scripture, Jeremiah 3.16. The second, there was a budding tree that had the same scripture, Jeremiah 3.16. Jesus picked up the gifts and hung them on the tree, walked out of the boat with the sword and the tree now laden with gifts. He turned to me and he said, sink it. And so my son pushed the boat out into the water with his hand and the ark that carried the power that was in it was actually sunk out into the water. Jesus said, sink it. It's done its job. He turned to me and said, assign the sword and plant the tree. Can you say that last little bit there? Assign the sword and plant the tree. So Jesus, you have, to, you have to have this picture. Jesus comes out of the ark. The ark has potential. We'll get into this here deeper in a second. But the ark has potential. But the living God comes out of what contained it. Amen. Carrying the gifts and the power of the Holy Ghost and the sword. Amen. And he says, assign the sword and plant the tree. So we have an assignment here tonight, guys. Uh, to, to assign the sword and plant the tree. Amen. Amen. So Ontario, we got the, sword. the Lord is speaking to you. Yes. Ontario, yes. the Lord is speaking to you. Yes. Ontario, yes. you may think that this was just a frivolous, just another guy coming. But the Lord says, I had this in my heart waiting for the day that the fishing line Pulled the guy who was given an authority to assign the sword and plant a tree. Ontario, the word of the Lord is speaking to you. (laughs) Jesus said, be fishers of men, right? He said, be fishers of men. So how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus build and you, you're gonna, you can, yeah, everybody that knows scripture, you're going to come up with a whole bunch of things on how Jesus builds, but I want to I take you to one scripture because the way Jesus builds is opposite of the way the world builds, okay? In John chapter 6, big picture, Jesus is feeding the 5,000. He's feeding their stomachs. He's giving them their needs. But then he keeps, he starts to say something very important. He says, drink my blood and eat my bread. I am the living God, you drink from me, you eat my bread, you eat what I say, you drink my living spirit, I am the one who sustains you. That's right. And the dead religious guys, the Pharisees mocked them, laughed at them. This isn't, no way, you're not even the son of God. How's that work? You're still in the, you're still in the ark. Amen, you're still in the ark. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm alive, drink my blood and eat my bread. And what he's left with was 12, which actually became 11. And with those 11 who got baptized, <clears throat> excuse me, ba- baptized in the Holy Ghost, able to hear the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Spirit, the same clothing that Jesus walked in, they became as supernatural as Jesus. And he shook the world with 11 who said, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. I will give you my life. I will give you my heart. I will go where you call me to go. I will do what you call me to do because I'm 
drinking your blood and eating your bread. So Jesus doesn't build like the way that most American churches think. We've got to increase the numbers. We've got to increase the numbers. We've got to get more people in the door. We've got to get more people in the door. And the Lord says, that's not how I build. I make disciples that reflect my heart, a bride that chases me so profoundly, that drinks my blood, eats my bread, they live by me. They are in love with me as I am in love with them. And those are the ones that I make supernatural, that represent me. And that is the way I build my church. Amen. That is the way I build my church. There's a day and a time for numbers. But the American church has it, oh, we're going to fill another stadium. Well, wait a minute, dude. You just got 50 people together. Tell me how many people amongst the whole bride prophesy, pray in tongues, cast out devils, heal the sick, and flow in the supernatural power of God because they hear the voice of God. Because they commune with Him. Yes. Not, just, not just going through the routine. Not just going through the, okay, everybody, we're going to open up your crackers. Which I think, I think that there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a relational dynamic with that, right? It's a heart who wants to do the symbolism. But Jesus isn't after symbolism. He's not after those who worship the ark. He's after those who worship him in spirit and truth, who actually believe in him so profoundly that the communion with the living God makes you something that you can never make on their own. Amen? So the Lord is going to do something supernatural with building in this house. I believe Jesus, the apostle... When I go different places, sometimes it's evangelistic, sometimes it's extremely Jesus the prophet, Jesus the teacher, but I believe this weekend's about Jesus the builder. He is hungry for his house, you, right? You are the house of God. He's hungry for his bride, his house, to have all the dead boxes, all the bats, all the snakes, all the things that you've let live in that place. He wants that house cleansed. He wants a cleansed bride who chases him day and night, who reflects him, who's actually in love with him. Amen. (laughs) So why does Jesus say sink the ark? It's a very important point. Sink the ark. He says, sink the ark, assign the sword. Sink the ark and assign the sword. It's a command. Sink the ark. Have you sunk the ark? Let's, let's get into this a little deeper. I love you. Tell, tell your neighbor Dave loves you no matter what he says. He loves you. <laughs> you see, in Exodus 20, Moses was on the mountain face to face with the Lord. Face to face. Moses is face to face and the heart of God is revealed. He says, go down. I want my whole nation to come meet me face to face. Right? And what happens? Their sin, the sin of the people says, no, Moses, you go speak to God. We'll stay down here. We'll stay down here. So what happened? The Lord gave them, instead of giving him his voice, direct face-to-face voice, he gave them words on stone. And he says, you can worship words on stone, reflecting your heart, heart, because you refuse to ascend to communicate with me. That's pretty, that's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. Did you ever look at it that way? That was a heart-to-heart cry of the Father. I want my bride up here on this mountain yes. interacting with me face-to-face. 
And that's why you, you feel the heart of the Father in Jewel 2.28 when he says, I will pour out my spirit. He's saying, I'm coming after my bride. Yeah. I am coming after my bride. I will pour out my spirit hey, hey, hey. and you will dream dreams. You will yeah. see visions yeah. and I will reach into your heart and pull you out of that dead place myself yeah. because I'm jealous for you. Wow. And there's people in here saying, I've never prophesied. I never had a dream. I never heard the voice of the Lord. And the Lord's saying, that's a lie. That dark covering is a lie. I'm coming for my bride, and you are, you are going to do the supernatural. You are going to relate to me face-to-face -face on that mountain because I sent my spirit to come get you. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to get you. He didn't come to say you didn't, you're not worthy. You didn't, you're not, didn't measure up. He, he said, I come to send my spirit, the hand of God, right? The finger. I came with my reach. To do something that you can never do alone. To reveal myself to you so profoundly that the love I have for you will be imparted to you. And you'll love me back. Yes. Words on stone can't do that. True. One baptizes in fire. <laughs> Only one baptizes in fire. That's called the living Christ. Amen? Amen? And so the symbolism is very profound. Right? The manna. The, the, the manna is the, the, the encounter, the provision, right? They, they encountered God in the wilderness, right? The, the law, the words um, on stone was a tutor to reveal the heart of the people who refused to communicate. And then you have the almond branch, the potential of the supernatural, the potential of the promise in somebody's life, but it was locked in a box. It was locked in the box. And the heart of Jesus is saying, sink that thing. Sink that thing. Because Jesus, the tree, and the sword are present. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Jesus' present is the bread. He said, I am the bread of life. Drink my blood. Eat my bread. I am with you. Yeah. Eat of me. Amen? Yeah. The sword, the living sword, is, is a supernatural element of the voice of God. Okay? Wow. Instead of the law, you're given the voice, the, the living sword. Oh, so and there's a lot of people that hold their Bible up and say, I got my sword, I got my sword. And I'm like, no, that's not your sword. No. You know why? Because in Ephesians 6, 17, as the armor of God is being painted on the hearts of men, right? He gets down to, he says, and take with you at all times the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word, word, there's the word rhema. It's the dream. It's the vision. It's the voice of God. I am your armor. I am your breastplate. I am your helmet. I am the, your gospel uh, shod with the peace, right? I am everything you need. I clothe you. Yes. The voice. Take with you above all things the sword of the spirit. Yet we, even in our twisted thinking, have been trained by religious tradition. Hold up your Bible. I got my sword. I got my sword. You turn on the TV and you hear these televangelists. I got my sword. And they're all sitting there. They go from week to week, going back to the same dead place, never in their own relationship, hearing the voice of God, but they're taught, I got my sword. If you don't hear the voice, you have no armor. Wow. You can, you can paint, you can paint wow. yourself with scripture, but scripture can't do what only the voice of God does. Yes. And I'll get deeper into that in a minute here because it's a very profound point. People sit in churches for 20, 30 years. I got my sword. What have you done? How many have you raised? How many have you baptized in the Holy Ghost? How many people have you driven demons out of? 
Where has he sent you? I, I can't relate to people who don't hear. Okay? And that's not a condemning word. That's a delivering word. My heart is for you. The heart of Christ is for you. But until you realize what traditions have blinded the heart of men. Here's the deal, guys. Jesus told the Pharisees who knew the scripture. He told them. You search the scripture because in it you think you have life. This is John 5.38. You search the scripture because in it you think you have life, but you can't see me standing in front of you. Oh, my God. Jesus, I need your voice. Oh, my God. Please, I need to hear your voice. How do I hear your voice? I need your voice. When's the last altar call where you heard people cry out, I need to hear you. I am dead without your voice. Not just feeling a little bit of conviction and Two months later, they're back out in the world in sin because they were never profoundly made supernatural by the voice. There's only one thing that made me different. There's only one thing that made me supernatural was this voice that kept showing up in the middle of the night. Come on. Come on. This is what you are, David. I don't care what they said you're not. This is what you are. Come on, true. This is where you're going to go. This is what you're going to do. This is what we're going to do on the earth. The voice. A lot of people sit in church and they try to manufacture faith. You know where faith comes from? Romans Romans 10.17 says this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, the word, word, the word rhema, the voice. Faith comes by the voice of God. And they're sitting sitting there, people are sitting there pulling out three scriptures and memorizing them. And they keep repeating, repeating, and repeating and and wondering why nothing changes in their life. Come on, truth. Come on, on, let's preach it. What did God tell you? Did Jesus say go? Or did Jesus say stop? Did the Holy Spirit say rise up and walk? Or did he say sit and wait? So good. So good. So good. Are you holding the law? Are you holding on to the thing that Jesus is saying? Sink, sink that dead box, that ark that has the potential of life. Or are you holding on to the one who speaks? The law led to repentance, but the baptism of water, right? But Jesus, the baptizer, sets people on fire in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Makes people clothed in something that they could never clothe themselves in. That's right. You can't manufacture the Holy Spirit. You can't manufacture miracles. You can't ma- manufacture the difference between death Truth. and supernatural Truth. life and the power of the Holy Ghost. Truth. One's dead Come and on. the other's alive. Paul said it this way, if the law could have saved you, there would have been no need for the deliverer. There would have been no need. And Jesus is saying, sink that ark. Come on. Sink it. So good. Come on. Somebody might want to stand up and just push that religion off you. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. And then you have this, this almond branch, this tree of life, this supernatural calling of dead things to life. And the picture Jesus gives is he comes out of the ark with this tree, no longer a promise of, of dead things coming to life, but he comes out holding a tree and he picks up the presents that are in, in, in the uh, cargo ship. He puts the presents on the tree and he assigns them, plant the tree, Right? Assign the sword, plant the tree. Amen? Yeah. What did he do with the ark again? He sunk it. What did he do with the tree? Plant it. What did he do with the sword? Assigned it. That's right. 
You see, as soon as you say yes and start chasing his voice and he plants dreams and visions in your heart, guess what? The tree's been planted in you and the sword is a matter of beginning to wield it. We'll get to that here in a minute. Amen? Jeremiah 3.16, the point, Jesus wanted to make two points. And this is, this is like, this is the, this is the boom. This is, this is the boom for me, okay? Because, my God, he just keeps amazing me. Yes. He, just, he, does, he gives me these detailed visions and dreams, and then he drops his scripture on me and says, I said that a long time ago, okay? Amen. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Jeremiah 3, 16 and 17 out of the Amplified. And it shall be when they have multiplied and increased in the land in those days, said the Lord, they shall no more say the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to their mind, nor shall they seriously remember it, nor shall they miss or visit it, nor shall it be repaired or made again instead of the ark, which represented the potential of God's presence. He will show himself to be present. At that time... At that time, (laughs) at that time, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it. Who's the throne of the Lord? That's you. Your heart is the throne. You are the new Jerusalem. If you choose to be the old Jerusalem where they they contained the ark, guess what? That's a dead thing. But if you choose to receive the new Jerusalem, the book of Revelation is not for the future. The book of Revelation is Jesus revealed now. And he's saying, you are the new Jerusalem. You are the place where I rest. You are the one who houses the impossible God. You are the one. You are the one. At that time, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. New Jerusalem, that's you. And all the nations shall be gathered to it in the, re- in the renown and name of the Lord to Jerusalem. Nor shall they walk any more after the stubbornness of their own hard heart. Oh, that's so good. So Jesus connects those who follow the ark or rely on the ark as stubborn hearts. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you, this is surgery, but the Lord wants you to hear him and know him so profoundly that you would not rely on a dead thing, that you would rely on the God who speaks. And he's saying, I'm cutting out your heart of stone and giving you a new heart tonight. I'm giving you something so profoundly that when my spirit speaks, I begin to write on your heart. I no longer have to, have to rely on you just looking at stones. And, and reading what's on stones, it's dead. Yeah. The purpose of the law is to reveal you're dead. You need a Savior. True. He's come out of the box. And he baptized you on fire. And the Holy Ghost begins to write on the hearts of men. Yes. Yes. And I've come to teach you about the gifts of the Spirit. But the gifts of the Spirit are only a function of knowing Him. It's a relationship. Yes, that's the key. It's a relationship. If I was walking alone, I'd be a scared dude. You know how many trips I did in India by myself in front of thousands, 10,000 people in a crusade? I went, I have to vision, half the trips I went, I went myself. Trusting the one I walked with because he said to go. It's my testimony, baby. One man, one mission. That's you, baby. You don't know it yet, but that's you. One man. Tell your neighbor, one man. One mission. 
to hear his voice and do the supernatural. Amen? You guys still love me, right? Oh, yeah, this is good stuff. And what makes this so amazing is this is God's dream for you. That's so good. This is a, this is a unique message at a unique time that's going to awaken an army to leave go of the dead thing and hold on to his voice. The leadership team in this circle is going to grow. The eldership is going to grow. The, de- the demon deliverance team is going to grow. The people who get people baptized in the Holy Ghost is going to grow. There's going to be a ministry team at the altar who doesn't get home till 1 a.m. because people are coming to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the church represented the one, the one who, the, the, whose heart is for the bride and they reflect him. Yes. Amen? Yes. Say this, say Jesus. Jesus. Give, me Give me a new heart. Rip every tradition. The dead religion put in me. Rip it out right now. Come on, rip it out right now, Lord. The only thing I want is your voice. Do you feel that? Listen. Did you feel him step in here? Did you feel him step in here? See, I'm not the preacher. My God is the preacher. This is his word to you. I'm not the preacher. He stepped into the room, not me. This is his vision. (laughs) My God. My God. Man, right now, Jesus is doing something to people. Jesus is doing something to people. He's wrecking some people in here. Or as I heard last night, a term that I'm going to start using, my my friend John over here said, I got demoed. (laughs) Jesus, demo me. A preacher. So let's talk about preachers and shepherds. What kind of bait do you go fishing with? You see, dead bait catches a certain type of fish. But live bait, live bait catches the wild ones. Live bait catches the big fish. Live bait, live bait catches the valuable fish. What kind of bait you fishing with, boys and girls? 
<laughs> Are you beating people over the head with the Bible? Come on, are you beating people over the head with the Bible? Are you getting the vision of the Lord for the people that are surrounding you? What are you saying to Broomhilda, Lord? What are you saying to Jill and Bobby? What are you saying? My God, what if the body gathered together and say, What are you saying, Lord? (laughs) They wouldn't just be dependent on a guy in, in a pulpit. They'd recognize that the bride is the body and that you are all called to hear the voice of God. You're all called to be preachers. You're all called to be shepherds. You should always have a person beside you. You should have a person behind, above you. And you should have a whole bunch underneath you that you're bringing into the kingdom. Come on. Come on. That's good. What are you fishing with? Let's go back to Jeremiah 3, the verse before the one the Lord wrote on the tree and the sword. Verse 15, Jeremiah 3, 15. And I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge. The word knowledge there is not book knowledge. That's right. The word knowledge there is the word yadah. It's actually the, the supernatural, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yada. Yes. Yada. I will give you shepherds that feed you intimacy. Yes. Can you feel the heart of God pulling you deep into his presence in here tonight? Yes. I will give you shepherds that reveal my heart for you, and it will transform you that your heart will chase after me like I'm chasing you, says the Lord. You see, Jesus was clothed in intimacy. In in Isaiah 11, it's the prophecy of Jesus, and it says the sevenfold God was upon him, right? The spirit of uh, wisdom, understanding, counsel, and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. The word knowledge is the same word. It's the word yadah. Jesus was clothed in intimacy. How did Jesus function that was so different than the Pharisees? The Pharisees had to memorize all five books, the first five books of the Bible. They could regurgitate scripture like it was like they were winning contests. I know what this says. I know what this says. Yeah, but what's he saying now? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes. And so Jesus functioned on a different model. In in John 5 19, it's it's Jesus, it says that Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. You see, the pattern of Jesus had nothing to do with regurgitating scripture. The pattern of Jesus was day after day, night after night, going into prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. And he'd come out of, he'd come out of prayer and say, boys, hey. today we're going to cross the lake. There's a demoniac. There's a guy demonized over there. Our mission today is to deliver the demoniac. He wakes up the next day. Guys, guys, this is what the Holy Ghost told me. There's 5,000 people that the Lord is going to reveal himself to. He gets up the next day. You're not going to believe this. We're going to go down here. But first we have to go through Judea to meet one woman who's going to bring a whole city. Whatever you say, Lord, it's not about numbers. It's about hearing you. One day I'll preach to 5,000. One day I will preach to one. And your will will be done because I'm doing what you tell me to do. Instead of me trying to look righteous and religious. And sitting sitting and making myself look holy. My God, Jesus is preaching today. 
my God. My God. Say it with me. Say, <laughs> Father, change my operating model. I only want to do what I see you doing in heaven. I want to loose on earth what I see you do in heaven. Come baptize me. Has the Lord ripped the Pharisee out of you? The content one who thought they were righteous, the one who thought they were holy, the one who thought they were the greatest thing on earth, who piled up conditions on people? Oh boy. Come on. Jesus, Jesus, my God, I'm having so much fun. I pray for people like you. You got to know I go to places and I preach like this and they almost throw me out the door. But the Lord is doing something with this house and it's so supernatural. Ontario. My God, the Lord is looking for a heart to carry a key that has authority in Ontario. The Lord is looking for a heart that will take the key called Ontario. Ontario. He says, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you something that you can make your own. I am making you fishermen. I'm making you fishermen with live bait. Live bait. Lord, give me live bait. Give me live bait. So what are you fishing with? You may say, how's this guy speaking so boldly? What gives him the right? What gives him the right to speak so boldly? What makes him so like absolutely knowing what the Lord wants to do? You know why? Because Jesus ripped the Pharisee out of me. Me too. You want to know how he did it? You see, I was a zealous one. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and I grew up. I grew up in a culture, a charismatic culture that believed in the Holy Spirit. You could you could embrace the Holy Spirit on, so David. much, Come on, David. but you worship the Bible. Come on, David. The conditions, you achieved them. You achieved the conditions. Come and if you didn't meet the conditions, you were ousted. On, you weren't going to be a leader. You weren't going to do Come this. On. It didn't matter what Jesus said. You didn't meet the conditions that the leadership put on you, that they pulled out the Bible and said, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Yikes. Yikes. Ouch. No, thank you. And so you know what I did? I had this weird understanding of Holy Ghost. I believe in the Holy Ghost. And in my own personal life, the Lord is wrecking me, man. I'm having visitations. He's waking me up at night. He's doing all this supernatural stuff. I'm praying for people and seeing supernatural stuff happen. And then when I go into the church, do this condition, meet this, do this, do this. And so I had this weird thing. I ended up putting the Bible in certain circumstances over the Holy Ghost. Jesus didn't say, worship my Bible. <laughs> he said, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, not yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Right. He didn't say, Father, Son, and Ark. Right. He said, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes. The potential has been left out of the Ark. My God. He's going to do something with you guys. You, you guys are going to be so profoundly messed up. You, some of you guys are going to be weeping in the middle of the night because Jesus is standing by your bed. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
You see, he had to rip the Pharisee out of me. I was one of those zealous guys. I knew the Holy Ghost, but I'm running, I'm knocking on doors, I'm running up to people and say, the scripture says this, scripture says this, scripture says this. And I got, I got anybody run out of gas in the church? I was mad. Very few people, very few people said, yeah, I believe. Very few. I was angry. I was like, are you real? Come on. Are you real? woke me up one morning. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get out of the Panera and you and I are going to figure this out. This is good. Come on. You guys know what Panera is? You have Panera in Canada? Yes, it's a restaurant. Okay, we had this brand new restaurant, Park- Parkersburg, West Virginia, 2010. It's loaded. Like people, You couldn't get in the door at lunchtime, okay? The Lord says, at 1130, I want you to go down to Panera. I'll tell you what to do when you get there. True. Dude, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God. So I leave work. I walk into Panera. I sit on the couch. There was a couch in front of the fireplace. I'm sitting there, and um, there's this Church of Christ pastor sitting behind me. And I had been witnessing to this guy. We actually had some, I'll call them theological discussions. He's sitting behind me. I say hi to him. And all, all of a sudden, this young girl. She's like 22, 21, 22. She walks in the door and I look at her and the Lord says, you see her? And boom, he gives me this download. He says, this is what I want you to say to her. And this is what it means. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a, an amazing thing. I didn't think it was. Okay. It it was about this. uh, She was working in a, a, uh, a flower house and the, the, the flowers that she was um, managing inside of, of this, uh, this flower house. She brought them outside and started planting them. And at the end of her life, the flowers um, covered the mountainside. And the prophecy was that the Lord was going to use her supernaturally and the impact she had on the earth was, was going to be remembered. And there was just a whole bunch of stuff. And so, and so I'm sitting there and the, the Lord's showing me this and all of a sudden this girl, she orders, she brings her food back. Guess what? She sits right behind me with the Church of Christ pastor. And I'm sitting there going, is this legal? Am I, am I allowed to know this much information? And I'm sitting there, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm watching the fireplace. They're sitting at the table behind me, and she is like, her heart is being poured out to, to this pastor. And she is absolutely angry at what she's seeing inside the church leadership. They refuse this guy. They say this guy's no good. They toss this guy away. And she's, she's sitting there, and out of her mouth, she's like, if this is what this is, I don't know if I want it. Come on. And at that moment, man, the Holy Ghost came on me. I stood up, and dude, I, started, I looked at her. She looked at me, and I said, do you, ever, do you ever receive a prophecy? And she goes, what's that? I said, well, you're going to find out real quick. I told her, I told her the vision. And I told her what the Lord was going to do with her. And she starts trembling. Tears are running down her face. She falls face first in her salad. She is wrecked. She is absolutely wrecked. And I'm sitting there. I'm looking around. And the whole Panera is looking at me. What's wrong with her? Is she having a heart attack? Yeah, she's having a heart attack. She's in love with Jesus. She just met the voice of God. Amen. And so the church, or the church of Christ pastor He's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. What are we going to do? And so we kind of pick her up and we take her out to his car. We slide her like she's out, dude. She's like crying. And I'm like, my God, one vision, one vision. Okay. 
And he goes, you know what? She's a student up at the Church of Christ campus at this college in Parkersburg. Okay? I'll take her up. I'll make sure she gets into her dorm. I said, all right. I'm driving back to work. And I'm like, I'm thinking that's the end, man. Okay, you taught me my lesson. Okay? No longer why beat people over the head with a Bible. I will trust in what you want to say. And I will release your nature. Your life-giving nature. Your mercy and grace and truth upon the people. That they may experience you instead of them experiencing dead places. And staying angry at something that calls themselves the church but doesn't know the voice. The heart of Christ is coming in here tonight, guys. And if that was the end of the story, I'd have been the happiest guy on earth. But I drove back to work. At the end of the day, I go to this gym. I drive, I pull into the gym, open the front door of the gym. I walk in and there's this young guy named Chris in the back corner. And he's going, come in, you got to come here, come in. And I walk over and, and there's these two guys slouched down against the wall and they're weeping in the gym. I'm like, what's going on here? And he goes, well, they came in here and I know them. He goes, I hang out with them. He goes, they're students up at the, up, up at the Church of Christ campus. And he goes, they started telling the story. Of, <laughs> they started telling the story of a man named Dave walking into this restaurant in Panera and giving the word of the Lord to this girl. And they took her later in her dorm room. And all afternoon, the students were drawn down the hallway. They would walk through the threshold of her door and fall down in the presence of God. The whole hallway was in the hall on their face. And word spread, and the floors, the multiple floors, everybody's on their face. They can't get up because the glory of God is so profoundly present that they can't stand up. And it got so out of hand that the presence of God was so profoundly impacting this campus that the president, the president and all the leaders, right, the religious folk, started making up the story of why this isn't real and that that must be something that's not God. But they couldn't stop it. They could not stop it. For weeks, for weeks, people were coming and saying, what was that? And these kids, these Church of Christ kids are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost because of one prophecy. Because of the day that the Lord ripped the Pharisee out of my heart. And I no longer depended on what was in the ark. I no longer relied on the law that couldn't give life. I relied on the one who would speak and call the dead thing to life. The one who knew that there was a broken girl that was ready to quit and walk away because she thought the church was alive. And the Lord says, I'm seeking somebody to go speak for me who will represent me and awaken that girl to her calling. You know how many people left that campus? You know how many people come and I'm, I don't know where to send them. I start talking about Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. I start talking about this stuff. These kids are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. I know I, they, this one kid quit school and literally drove to Bethel. 
He's now a pastor in Germany. And that story was so profound. There's so much more to the story. But for years, what they tried to squash and say wasn't God, the Lord would periodically send these kids, young, that became adults, 2015, 2020, people that came to meetings in the region, and they stood, they would stand up in the middle of the meeting and say, I was there. I heard them say it wasn't real, but the glory of God, it was coated on me. I feel like he's, they're like, I can feel it now. And they would run up and say, I came here because I heard you were preaching here, and I want the gift of tongues. I want baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want what you do. I want what you do. Make me a preacher. (laughs) My God. Make me a preacher. What would you do? What would happen to you if you lay on your face instead of trying to conform to something and lay on your face and say, Jesus, I'm not leaving this room till you make me a preacher. Make me a shepherd. One who knows the knowledge of God, the heart, the intimacy. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to be with you so profoundly. Make me a preacher. And you may say, well, I'm not supposed to be a preacher. That's a lie. Whoa! Every one of you are preachers. Every one of you are preachers. Every one of you are preachers. Girl, I don't know who you are, but you're a preacher. The glory of God, there's going to be a cloud set on your head for the rest of your life. And you're going to wake up weeping and know that Jesus rides the cloud. He is with you and there's going to be a profound impartation upon you. That you're going to lay your hands on people and the cloud's going to come on them. Amen. So Jesus, make the preacher. Make her a preacher, Lord. Make her a preacher. We need to redefine preacher. We need to redefine preacher. Many of you have stood up, you've been in places, dead places, where you listen to a guy in a pulpit and you followed the traditions that made you dead. And Jesus said this, he said, by your traditions, you have been exiled, you've been made dead, you've been, you've been separated by tradition. Make me a preacher. Come on, Jesus, make me a preacher. Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? I don't go places unless I'm sent. I don't pray for people. You'll see me here tonight praying for a lot of you. But if the Lord doesn't unction me and give me a vision for you, I'm going to wait till the next time or the next meeting or however it works. But when he speaks to me, guess what? The power of God's going to come on you. Because I'm not the preacher. I met Jesus, the preacher. The one who sends people to Panera. Come on, say it with me. Jesus, send me to Panera. Send me to Tim Hortons. Send me to Toronto. Send me back to Tim Hortons. I like their coffee. (laughs) 
got to have a little fun when you're when you're having heart surgery. Is anybody drunk yet? How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach. Not preaching beaten over the head with the Bible. It's connected to Rhema Word. Let me get there. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace to, to bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, the vision and the dream of God. The word hearing there is the word echoe. It means to encounter him. Your prayer life every day should be an encounter. Ring, 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 545. Jesus, what are you saying today? Woo, my God, the man is fallen. Come on, baby, who are we talking to today? Who are we releasing the power of God on today? Who are we going to baptize the Holy Ghost today? Who needs the devil cast out of them today? I am your preacher. And he explained. He lets you experience his heart. Jill, she needs this. Bob, she needs that. Hit Jill again, Lord. Hit her again. Hit her again. Hit her again. Fall on her Holy Ghost. Don't let her out. You see, when your prayer life becomes an expectation of encounter, you become supernatural. I, I, I go to charismatic churches everywhere. And the number one thing, I beg people to pray. Well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. Well, guess what? Your English language doesn't even need to be used. You know why he baptizes people in the Holy Ghost and the first thing he does is give you the gift of tongues? It's because you sit there and go, and that causes the heart of the Father to turn and look at you, and He promises He will speak to you. And when He gives you vision, tongues leads to prophecy because your tongues pull on the heart of God to get the vision from the Lord, and you become a preacher. Why are there not many preachers? Because there's not many praying in the Holy Ghost. People come to the altar, they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they leave this amazing gift out there in the parking lot. Well, I only pray once in a while. Well, I'm too tired. I just don't get up. Set your mind on the supernatural because you know what the sons of God do? Romans 8 says that the sons of God set their mind on the spirit of God. And you can even get baptized in the Holy Ghost but still be religious and use dead religious traditions that don't bring life because you refuse to set your heart and give him your whole heart. Your whole will. Chasing him with everything you have because you're in love and you know the way of, of, of the Lord is a simple way. Yeah. It is not complicated. Yeah. There's people out here right now, you have all this scrambled eggs in your head. You're, you're like, if this is, I'm still not sure. I don't know how this works. Well, let me simplify you for, you for you. You get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You fall in love. You start praying in the Holy Ghost. He starts responding to your heart crying out to him. Yeah. All of a sudden, he gives you dreams and visions. Yeah. 
The next thing you know, you're a preacher. And he says, go tell this girl this. Go baptize that guy there. Rip that devil out of that person. It can't be that complicated, can it? Well, then why aren't there be dead people out in the street being raised up? Why aren't there people walking down and saying, there's one of those life church people? Woo! I need prayer. I need prayer. Come on, what would the city look like if you were on fire in the Holy Ghost? This isn't Jesus' fault. Don't blame Jesus. Don't say, well, I don't know how this all works. I just told you how it works. And if you give him your heart, if you enter into a prayer life, day after day prayer life, guess what? You start breaking into heaven. And he's like, Jill, serious. This is like the fourth week in a row she got up and prayed, wept and prayed in my, in, in my presence. And I can't refuse her anymore. I know she's chasing me. Here, Jill, go get this guy healed. Here, Shelly. Here, Cole. Here, Tim Horton, wherever you are. Holy, holy, holy. Oh, my goodness. People say, well, how, how, how did you get these visions? How did you start to, like, stand in front of people and they, they, you start, the Lord shows you things about them? I don't know. I fell in love. And the longer I prayed, the more he showed me. The longer I prayed, the more he showed me. And then one day he, he wakes me up and he says, I want you for one year to pray in tongues for six hours a day. And I'm like, listen, I have a full-time job. <laughs> and I don't know if I told you that. I'm a global director for a big chemical company. I fly over the world. I do a full-time job and the Lord. My real job is preaching on weekends at churches. And if you don't think it can be done, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a walking, living evidence. Okay? I have an engineering degree. I have a, a business management, a master's in business management. I function at a very high level in society. But what, who I'm in love with is Jesus. And the people I interact with, they don't say the same. They get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because I know the preacher. So the Lord says, I want you to pray for six hours a day for one year. I'm like, how? I can't explain it, but I started, I, 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 my, my, normal, my normal life is I get out, I get out of bed, I'm, I spend a couple hours in the morning with the Lord before I start my work yeah, day, yeah, I yeah. pray in the Holy Ghost, yeah. and He starts giving me downloads, yeah. okay, and I'm like, okay, six hours a day, so I start praying six hours a day, and I don't know how it happened, because I had three kids at the time that were under 12, okay, <laughs> Running kids everywhere, and I'm sitting there. I'm in the morning, pray, sote, bre, da, na, na, bro. Um, I'm at, the, at night. I get an hour here. I get an hour there. He wakes me up at 2 a.m. Okay, shout out, both say, bre. And all of a sudden, this grace comes on me like I slept for 10 hours, yes. and I get through the yes. next day. Yes. And I learned, I learned the grace of God yes. that when I give my heart to His Spirit, yes. That he does things that are way beyond anything that we can do yes. in our natural mind. Yes. Because it's not possible with our natural mind. He didn't ask for your natural mind. He asked for my heart. Yes. Will you give me your heart that I'll make you something you could never make on your own? Come on, that's so good. It's true. It's true. Stop playing church. 
Don't tell me it's not possible. If you want him, you'll chase him. Don't measure yourself by all the other dead places. If you want him, you'll chase him. That's why he gives you the gift. He makes it, I hate to use this word, but he makes it idiot proof. I don't know what to pray, right? Romans 8.26, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. That's us. We have no idea. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with a groan that we don't understand. Whoa! You see, tongues, let's just look at the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost is poured out. The people get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They start praying in tongues. What happens next? They start to prophesy. Why do they prophesy? Because they prayed in tongues and the Lord gave them vision. And then they begin to speak what the Lord was revealing to them because they embraced the gift. What happened next? They got so intoxicated with the vision that they poured out on the street. They couldn't be stopped because they carried the presence. And the Lord gave me this vision, and I believe it. Amen. The Lord gave me a dream three years ago for Ontario, Canada, and I believe it so profoundly that I said when the day comes that they call me, that I hold on to that key of authority because he has a purpose in Ontario, and he's looking for a people to hold that key. I have a key. I have a key for you. Come on, Dan, I have a key for you. 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 What would you look like if you were intoxicated all day long? You see, when I started praying in tongues six hours a day, Jesus would visit me in the middle of the night, literally wake me up. And there'd be an angel. He introduced me to an angel. This angel's named the Reaper. Whoa. This angel named Justice. This is what he's going to do. Whoa. This is the angel that's going to follow you to this city. Come this on. is the angel that's going to follow you to India. Come on. Come on. Wow. Supernatural. That's kind of freaky. Whoa. Only if you're not supernatural. <laughs> only, if, only if you're holding on to that ark. And let me just define it to you. If you're not holding on to the Holy Ghost, by default, you're holding on to the ark. Words on stone make dead people. Words on stone make dead people. You know what the purpose of the law is? Paul said the purpose of the law was to reveal your sin. The, the, The essence of sin is you being separated from God. It's not about bad stuff. The bad stuff is because you're separated. The root of sin is separation. And Paul said the purpose of the law was actually to make you have the revelation that you would fall on your face and cry out for the Holy Ghost, for Jesus Christ, for the Savior, the one called Jesus who comes and baptizes you in the Holy Ghost and makes you something that you can never make yourself. Yes, 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 yes. So we have a challenge here tonight. Sink the ark so you can be intoxicated. 
all those lies that the world told you that you couldn't, you couldn't be, that you didn't have it in you, those are lies. The Lord says, I'm making you a superhero. You're going to have supernatural power. You're going to be made something that all those people around you that, that said, you'll never make it. You'll never achieve it. You'll never, you'll never be something supernatural. The Lord is ripping those lies out of you tonight. And he's writing on your heart his words. He's writing Supergirl. He's writing the word Supergirl on your heart. Whenever you wake up tomorrow morning and look in the mirror, all you're going to do is be able to laugh and cry. One minute you're going to laugh, you're going to fall down, and then you're going to get up weeping again. Then you're going to laugh, you're going to look at yourself and realize, he called you something that the world couldn't see. He called you something that the world couldn't see. And this fire is going to start breathing out of you. This unction of the Holy Ghost is going to start breathing out of you. And you're going to start to prophesy. You're going to start to do supernatural miracles because of words of knowledge. You're going to do things that you thought you could never do because the Lord says you're Supergirl. You're a superhero. I'm getting drunk now, baby. Come on. People say, what do you love to do? You know what I love to do? I love to prophesy. Because you know what prophecy is? It's the voice of God. Prophecy is a, is a function of intimacy. Yeah. It's a function of the spirit of knowledge. It's a function of being clothed in knowledge that I can't come up with on my own, but because he's trained my heart to hear him. I release his intimate voice into people's hearts. Yes. Yes. Prophecy is about love. Yep. Prophecy is, is the most intimate thing there is. Yes. Prophecy breaks through dead walls and hard hearts in ways that beating people over the Bible, beating over the people over the head with the Bible can never do. himself because he's jealous. Stop spending your time in dead processes, dead religious traditions, and spend your time in his presence, in love, with his language. You know, Jesus has a love language. You know what it is? Tino sete pre ato te shato
Oh, that heavy thing that tried to land on me last night. Queso tape, You know what the nature of the Father is toward the darkness? Psalm 2 that says he sits on his throne and laughs at the enemy. Who deals with fear and anxiety? Don't you lie to me. Fear comes to me at night. Don't you lie to me. Jump in. I speak this to the fear that haunts these people. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the one who hunts the darkness in the nighttime. I am the one who came to set my lover free. I am the one who right now clothes the people in the glory of God. I am the one, says the Lord. I am the one who loves you. I am the one who hunts you. I am the one, says the Lord, who will not relent till you come after me like I come after you. I will not relent. Yeah, 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 I will yeah. not relent. Oh, Sheto, Tamane Masi, Metebre, Motebreane, Neketo Bre, Ando Bre, Titete, Shepre. My God, I see, I see a cloud. I see a cloud rain, raining. Uh, Raining money. It's it's raining money. It's it's raining. Um, it's raining. It's raining money, and I see people picking up the money. I see them picking up the money, and it looked like a from a distance. It looked like a dollar bill, but the but the money says faith on it. And I see people picking up faith. I see people stocking their pockets with faith. I see people standing under the cloud that rains. Faith. I see people standing under the cloud that rains faith. Amen. That rains the word of God. And the Lord says, I came to Ontario on my cloud to rain on you. I came to Ontario on my cloud to rain my visions, to rain my dreams, to rain my prophetic words, to rain healing, to rain the supernatural. I came to Ontario. For my bride. I came to Ontario for my bride. The Lord said a sign, the sword and plant a tree. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.